Good morning. We're in the middle of our discussion of the Isha Hashunamis, the Shunammite woman and her um, generosity and hospitality towards Elisha the prophet. Um, as you recall, we are splitting up 10b because it's so long. And we're at <coughs> literally the first of the widest lines, um, the last couple of words on the line. Finasimlo. Okay. It says, Venasimlo Sham Mita Vishokhan Vichise Omenorah. And we shall place there a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. So this is about the this is the Isha Hashunam, it's the Shunamite woman setting up the room for Elisha. Amar Abayi said Rabbi Yitzchak, Abayi and some say Rabbi Yitzchak said this, Harotza lehanos yehana, one who wants to um, accept benefit from another person may do so, Elisha, just like Elisha, who accepted this hospitality of the Shunamite woman. Vesheno rotza lehanos al yehana, and if you do not want to derive benefit from others, then there's also... Um, there's also precedent for that. Kishmul Haramasi, just like Shmuel, the prophet Shmuel, Shanemar, as it says. Utshuva so Haramasa, Kisham Beso, and he returned to Ramah, because that is where his home was. Amar Rabbit Yochanan, Yochanan says, Shekol Makom Shahalach, Sham Beis Imo. Um, basically, that anywhere Shmuel went, his house was with him. So, Rabbi Yochanan is wondering, why do we need to say that he returned to... Har uh, why did we say he needed to return to Ramah? Because his house was there. We know that his house was there. That's something that's been, uh, that's something that's been stated before. So, rather, it must be that wherever he went, his house was with him. In other words, he didn't accept anything from anybody else. He would bring every necessity to get with him as he traveled throughout the country. Vatomer, okay, back to discussing, uh, continuing to discuss Elisha and the Shunammite woman. Vatomer, Elisha, hine na yodati. So um, the Shunammite woman said to her husband, hine na yodati, behold, now I know, ki isha elokim kadoshu, that um, he is a holy man of God. Amr abyochi yosib rebechinin, 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 it says, um, this teaches us that a woman can recognize the personality and the, um, and the details of her guests quicker than a man can. So now we're going to talk about, continue talking about this verse specifically that he is holy. What did she see that finally she knew that he was holy? Kadoshu, he is holy. From where did she know that he was holy? Rav Shmuel, Rav Shmuel both have explanations. Chalamar one said, One said that he, she never saw a fly pass the, um, on the table that passed by the table he was at. So that shows that he was holy. The Chadomer once says, So she would put a linen sheet on his bed. And she never saw a seminal emission on that sheet. So again, she knew he was holy. Um, there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more meaning to that discussion. Um, there's some very important takeaway lessons from that, but we will not get into them now. Kadoshu, he was holy. Um, Rabbi Yosef Rechini, Rabbi Yosef Rechini says, Hu Kadoshu, Meshar, Sayinu Kadosh. When he, she said he was holy, it was to say, he's holy, but his attendant is not holy. Shinemar and his attendant being Gechazi, who we learn more about as we uh, go through the story. Shinemar, as the verse says, Vayigash Gechazi lahadifa. Gechazi approached the Shunammite woman to push her. Um, Rabbi Yosef Rechinina, Rabbi explains that that word hadifa, it really means she'achza b'chod yafa, that he grabbed her 
by the hodi afya, which would be the glory of her beauty, which um very well, which um probably the most uh probably the most simple explanation is her breast. In other words, he groped this woman. Gechazi groped this woman. the namis, and this was her calling out and telling her husband that um, Alicia is holy, but her attendant is certainly not holy. Um, obviously, very relevant to um, to what we are reading in the news nowadays, unfortunately. Okay, we're going to continue talking about Alicia and the Shunammite woman's uh, opinion of him. Over Alenu Tamid, it says that uh, he would pass regularly amongst us. Anybody that hosts a Torah scholar in his home or in their home and gives them benefit from their own from their own stuff. The Torah looks at it as, as if you brought a Tamid sacrifice, the, the sacrifice that was brought every morning and every evening, every afternoon in the temple. So from the fact that it says he passed by regularly, Tamid or always amongst us, we learn from there that when you host a Talmud Chacham, a Torah scholar, it's as if you brought a sacrifice in the Holy Temple. Okay, now that we um, gave one teaching of Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Hanina, in the name of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, we're going to teach some others as well. You should not um, stand on a high place and pray. Rather, you should pray in a lower place. Shinemar, as the verse says, as the verse says, from the depths I called out to God. Probably a sign of humility. We learned a similar, similarly in a paraisa. Lo ya'amod adam. A person should not stand, lo gabe kise, not on top of a chair, lo gabe seraf saf, not on top of a stool, lo bamakum gavor, neither on any high place, viyispal, and pray, el bamakum namach viyispal, rather they should go daven from a lower place, viyish ain gavhos lifneha makum, because, so in order that there be no arrogance before God, shenemar, as the verse says, bimamakim krasicha Hashem, as the verse says, from the depths I call out to God, uchziv, and the verse says, tefillah le'oni chiyatov, prayer, for the poor one when he wraps himself. So prayer for the poor one, it's, uh, we learn from there that prayer should be done in the manner of a poor person, somebody that has um, uh, a lot of humility. Okay, so that's what we learned there. Interestingly enough, I've actually been to a synagogue. There's a synagogue in Baltimore where we were before Ottawa. And um, in the synagogue, the person leading the services, instead of going up to a higher point, instead they actually have a little um this little area where you actually have to go down into it's not it's not a huge going down but it's a little bit of a going down into and it's a uh, because of this talmud because of this gemara another teaching from the same person somebody who prays should keep his legs together specifically when we don't forget when we talk about praying we usually refer to the Shmona Esrei the Amida prayer the 18 blessing prayer the 19 blessing prayer Shinemar so you should keep your legs together like an angel Shinemar because it says regarding the angels their legs were a straight leg meaning they were they were they're together to make it look as if it's just one straight leg. Um, and that's where we, we, that obviously teaches us how to pray Shmon Another teaching by the same person. What does it mean when it says that you may not eat upon the blood? So simply put, this verse is teaching us you can't eat blood, but what does it mean upon the blood? So we say, 
you cannot eat before you do the morning service, before you play upon your blood, before you play, pray for your blood, meaning before you pray for your well-being. That's the idea here. So you cannot eat before praying. Again, a very important idea that um, that uh, is continued continues to be um, the practice, the normal normative Jewish halacha, Jewish law um, until today. Um, a very similar type of teaching called anybody that eats and drinks and then prays all of Omer, on that person the verse says and myself or God you have cast behind your body so you could mean um, you have cast uh, you have cast behind your body or you create it as gay echa or you create it as your arrogance in other words you have cast me behind you because of your arrogance you went and ate before praying to me so god is saying after this person has made himself into this big deal or has exalted himself he then accepts only then did he accept um the yoke of um the yoke of of, of heaven, and that is a very, uh, very inappropriate thing to do. Okay, now we're going to go back to discussing the Mishnah. <clears throat> Before discussing the Mishnah, I will tell you that there um, is another school of thought when it comes to eating before davening that believes it's better to It's better to eat in order to daven than daven in order to eat. It's just something else to keep in mind. Um, okay, we are now going to talk about the Mishnah. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, Agimel Sha'os. We are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10. I think, believe, 10 or 11 lines from the bottom of the page. And we're at a colon. Um, Rabbi Yeshua says, until three hours, you can say the Shema until the first three hour halachic hours of the day. Omer, Rabbi Yehud, Omer Shmo, Rabbi Yehud, Omer Shmo, Halachic Rabbi Yehud, the halacha is like Rabbi Yehud, and so do we do. The next part of the Mishnah said that if you read the Shema afterwards, you did not lose out. It's as if you learnt the Torah. That's all. Um, you you did lose out on the uh, fulfillment of the obligation of the morning Shema, but you um, didn't lose out completely. You still get reward as if you learnt the Torah. So Chista said in the name of Mar Okva that if you're going to say the Shema after three hours, do not say the blessing of Yotzer Or, who forms light. Um, if you say that blessing, then you will lose out, because saying that blessing would be a blessing in vain. Um, you'd be saying God's name in vain. May say, but we ask on this. It says, if you read the Shema from the after the three hours, you did not lose out. It says, if you read the Torah. Aval, and the Brisa goes on to say, You should still say the two blessings before the Shema and the one blessing after it. So we see that you should say the Bracha. So Tiyufta, the Rav Chista, Tiyufta, this is a refutation. Seemingly, this is a refutation of what Rav Chista had said. Tiyufta, and it is a refutation, and you do say the blessings. Ikadari, um, some say, this is a different version of what Rav Chista said. Rav Chista, what does it mean when the Mishnah says that if you read after the three hours, you did not lose out? It means that you did not lose out on being able to say the blessings. We have a b'risa like this, the b'risa we quoted. If you read after the three hours, you did not lose out. It's as if you are reading the Torah. 
um, meaning but you still make the blessings two beforehand and one after it. Um Rabimani, Rabimani said, Reading the Shema at the right time is even greater than one who is engaged in learning Torah. Midikatani from the fact that the Mishnah says, Hakori if you read after the right time, Lo you do not lose out, Ka um, you at least get the reward for as, as if you for for learning Torah for reading the Torah. Mechlal the kariva onasa adif. This would seem to imply then that saying the Shema on time is actually even greater than it is to read and learn the Torah. We will. Um, that is the end of the Gemara. We now will start a new Mishnah. This is talking about the position you should be in when saying Shema. Beishamai Omer Beishamai says, but erev kol adam yatevi akra at night. Everybody should. Lie, lie down and then say Shema. Uva Boker Yamod, and then in the morning should stand up before saying Shema. Shinemar, as the verse says. Uva Shach Bechad says, when you lie down, taking that literally. Uva Kumechan, when you get up, taking that literally. Uva Hillel Omer, and Hillel says, Kol Adam Kore Kedarko. No, you can read it however you would like, whatever position you would like to assume. Shinemar, again, as the verse says, Uva Lech Dechomaderech, it says, when you're walking on the way. Um, or while you're on the way, so you don't have to, there's no specific way of how to say Shema, you could do it any way you would like. Now, but according to Beis Hillel, what does he do with the words when you lay down and when you get up? What does that mean? So he answers, he would answer, you should say Shema at the time when people go to sleep and at the time when people get up. Amr Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi shares an interesting story. Ani ha'yisi v'abaderach. Ani ha'yisi v'abaderach. I was once on the road. V'hitesi And I laid down to read the Shema. K'divri be'shamai. Meaning I stopped and laid down. I didn't just continue saying it as I was walking or as I was on my horse. I lay, stopped to lay down like the words of be'shamai. To say Shema, the evening Shema. V'sikanti v'atzmi b'nei halistim. And I put myself in danger from robbers. Um, because I stopped on the dark road. Robbers could have came and uh, stolen from me. Amrullah, um, so the sages said to him, So they said, It would have been appropriate for them to have harmed you, because you transgressed the words of Beis Hillel, that you could say Shema however you would like. So you were being, um, not only were you being foolish, but you were actually going against the words of Beis Hillel, um, and the halacha seems to be like base hello, so what you did was wrong in many ways. We will stop here. We will start the Gemara to, um, in our next podcast. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing um, as many of you as possible. Um, Tuesday evening at my home, the first night of Hanukkah at 8.15, 2392 Windale Crescent. Um, we can quickly, uh, let's quickly review what we learned today. So we started talking about Alicia. Um, talking about how there's precedent to take benefit from others or not to take benefit from others. We talked about um, the holiness of Elisha and how the Isha Hashunamis knew that he was holy. We talked about the importance of hosting Torah scholars. We talked about how to pray, to pray from a low place, not a high place because of arrogance. We talked about eating before praying and how that's not inappropriate. We talked about... Um, saying Shema after the three hours are up. Do you say the blessings or not? And we seem to say that you should say the blessings. Um, and then we got to the new Mishnah. And in the new Mishnah, we had a dispute what position you should assume for Shema. 
And um, Beis Hillel is the one that says you could assume any position for Shema. We will talk more um, in our next podcast. Take care.